Okay. <clears throat> Reading from Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 1 to 10. By grace through faith. And you were dead in the trespass and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespass, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Morning, everybody. It's good to... Uh be with you again this morning and uh, be able to preach from God's Word. I haven't done it for a while, so uh, it's good to be uh, back here again. God has been uh, speaking to me uh, through His Word uh, this week, and I hope that I can convey some of that uh, to you this morning. Uh, we sit five weeks out from Christmas, and so we're uh, four weeks out from carols. Uh, so if you haven't got that yet marked in your, uh, in your diaries, the 17th of December, uh, mark that in your diaries out here. Uh, there's a team that's uh, working hard at getting that all happening. Um, and the theme this year for carols uh, is that we wanted to focus on uh, the idea of the wonder of Christmas uh, and being captured by uh, something of the awe of Christmas and the, uh, the beauty of Christmas. Um, and I was talking to... Suzanne, who sort of found this image, which is sort of a quite a, a, an interesting little image. When I first read it, I, thought, I first saw it, I thought, oh, oh. Uh, but it's sort of something nice about it, isn't it? That here's this is Santa Claus holding this child, and they're looking to something other than uh, Santa and that. And I think, yeah, that's a great image for us to think about, that this Christmas, uh, that we don't look to uh, Santa or gifts or uh, all the stuff that comes with that, but we look to Jesus and we see Jesus uh, in this time of year. And so uh, we want to try and capture some of that and uh, as we um, lead uh, services into that, we're going to sort of, um, sort of play on that theme a little bit. And so this morning uh, I'm going to be talking about gospel wonder, the wonder of the gospel. 
Uh, and Andrew's going to pick that up again a little bit more uh, from a different slant next week and more how we live it out. Uh, but today we're going to sort of explore a little bit what it is. Uh, what is uh, gospel wonder? And that uh, as we head into Advent and we start to think about uh, peace and joy and love and hope, um, we'll sort of be celebrating that through our children's service. Mark that in your diary too, which is the 10th, 3rd, thank you, 3rd of December. Uh, we've got a Thanksgiving service that we're going to have in there as well as we celebrate uh, what Christ has done uh, amongst <laughs> us as a church. And so... Um, I had written here in my, my script, one month ago today, uh, Carolyn and I were swimming with... It's actually two months. It's two months already. Two months ago today, uh, Carolyn and I were swimming with these guys. Um, we, uh, it was our 25th wedding anniversary. We went to Tonga and on the, our uh, anniversary day, um, we had organised to go swimming with whales, humpback whales in Tonga. It was uh, amazing. It was crazy. In Tonga, you're allowed to get out of the boat and swim up to them. You're not supposed to get closer than five metres, although I think at times we were closer than five metres. Um, it, it was just crazy. We've said it a number of times. These are just amazing, awesome, magnificent creatures. Uh, their beauty, their sort of grace, but also uh, a, a bit mixed with fear. When these things that are massive start swimming, and you know, they say to you, don't swim anywhere near their tails because if they don't want you, they'll just flick, your ta- flick their tails uh, near you. Um, and it's like, well, what happens if they're swimming at us with their tails? Uh, so it was a bit. Uh, and we've got this um, GoPro footage that uh, we we're filming, and as this whale sort of coming up un- uh, from underneath us, um, on the footage, you can hear Carolyn and I through that sort of snorkel talk, um, we're, we're just laughing. We're laughing that this is, this is actually happening. And we're sort of trying to contact to each other. And this was, um, this was crazy. Um, and we would then uh, jump out of the boat uh, and then um, sort of, can you just believe what we just saw and what happened? Um, and then we were on the boat. There was one other couple who were with us on the boat. I think after the first swim, um, we sort of sort of there talking about it. And, and he goes... Oh, we've got to do a group hug. We've got to do a group hug. And he's sort of on this little boat, all four of us sort of put together. We just do this group hug and we're just sort of beaming uh, with what we had just experienced. And we just couldn't stop sort of having a smile on our face and, and laughing and experience the joy of it. And I wonder if this is what wonder is. I wonder if this is something about experiencing awe. And if you think of just some of the things I described and we think, do we have that about who we are in Jesus, what Jesus has done for us? How do we capture some of that? How do we experience some of that? For those of us who have heard it a lot or maybe we're here for the first time exploring it a little bit. It was interesting because uh, our day, if we go, it wasn't just that that put a smile on our face. On that day, there was another couple which I talked to you about. Uh, their names were Stefan and Susan, a couple from uh, New Zealand. And we were out on the boat for about six hours and we were sort of in and out of the water and another wonderful thing happened. 
getting a bit emotional. Um, we had the awe and wonder of presenting the gospel to these guys. And so as we were stepping in and out, they found out, you know, yeah, talking, it was just us two, on the, us two as couples on the boat, and they, you know, what do you do? And you find out you're a pastor, and that usually goes one way, or one of two ways. It either shuts conversation down, <laughs> or it opens it up. And actually, this is what happened on the day. Oh, tell us about your church. But they went much further than that. They said, tell us about God. Tell us about this God that you... And they were sort of spiritually seeking um, people. They had, had some sort of background in Christianity, but really sort of looking at sort of bigger answers. And as the day went on, um, they started sharing about um, some of their deeper things. They had some pretty serious things that they were dealing with in their lives and they were sharing about them and they were asking about how our faith and God would interact with that. And we got to, I got to share the, the, the do versus done thing about what Jesus has done for us and that we don't have to, it's been done for us, we don't have to keep um, doing things. And then uh, at one point, Stefan, who was a, an ex-special um, ops soldier in the, in the British um, army had, in, in that role had done some pretty horrific pe- things like he'd killed people um, and he was living with the guilt of that and he was, it was, he was not knowing how to, to, to what to do with it and, and Coraline <laughs> basically gets to tell him about how Jesus uh, can take away our guilt and that Jesus can take away um, the weight of sin and the things that we've done wrong and got to tell him a little bit about the thief on the cross and uh, how uh, God interact with that person even through the things that they had done. And that night when uh, Coral and I were having our romantic dinner on the, uh, on the beach at, uh, on the island, on this beautiful... Um, we were talking about the day and we were living the day and we were just smiling and beaming as we talked about what happened with Stefan and Suzanne, that we actually got to tell them the, the, the gospel and that we actually were able to share of the wonder of who God is, the wonder of, <laughs> of, of who we are because of, of Christ. And we, I don't know, just we had a smile. And, and if I've talked to you about that day, I often flick between the two stories because they were just amazing, awesome stories for us. That the gospel uh, that we have is good news and it's wonderful. And so as you come up to Christmas again, you'll be able to get to the heart uh, of Christmas, the heart of the gospel. Um, Oh, that's what I was going to say. I forgot that um, since then we've been keeping in contact with Stefan and, and Suzanne. That we've been emailing them, and they um, we'd been praying for some situations. And Suzanne said um, that she had come back to New Zealand. That situation, she said, that situation has changed, and we put it down to the power of your prayers that you gave us that day on the boat. And then there's a bit of emailing contact, and then in, uh, came back again. She replied to an email from Coralyn, and she said. Um, we keep talking about the specialness of that day and that day has got us searching for uh, understanding of a higher power and, and what that means for us. And it was just, we read these emails and we were beaming and there was a spring in our step about the wonder of the gospel. 
And so, um, I, as I, I've said, as we've talked about um, today, I really want to focus a little bit on what is the gospel. If you read the church letter spiel, which I put up my hand, sorry, the bag with all the books and the church letter is in my study floor at the moment. Um, so I apologise for that. But in the church letter, if you want to get it online or whatever, I, I, I um, quoted, uh, misquoted, oh, misquoted the Princess Bride. I don't know if anyone picked it up. But it's, it's, it was, um, what's his name? Inigo is the one that quotes it when Fasini says, he keeps using this word and it's, uh, you keep using that word, but I do not think it means what you think it means. And I think that's what happens with the gospel in church. We use the word gospel a lot. And it's like, do we actually know what it means? Do we? And so um, hopefully this morning we can sort of come to a little bit of uh, an understanding of what the gospel is. Because it, it op- when I started looking into it, it just opened up my head. And so uh, the gospel we often uh, talk about means, literally means good news. Uh, so where does that idea of good news come from? It comes from uh, sort of language progression, so God's spell, which comes out of sort of the Latin, uh, old English interpretation of the Latin, which comes out of the interpretation of uh, the Greek uh, used in uh, the writing of the New Testament. Um, and in that word, it, it, so there's this sense of good news, um, but there's this, it's a little bit more um, than, than just good news. It's sort of the, the announcement of a good news, um, and it's, so it's sort of the heralding of a good news, and it's often got to do um, sort of with victory. Something victorious has happened, something good has happened, and we announce uh, that this has happened. Um, I think you probably think if, you've, um, if you think back in Old Testament pictures and when there was battles that were happened, uh, they would have these battles uh, out in the battlefields, and then uh, when victory was done, a herald, a sort of a runner, um, would be sent either to the king or sent back to the villages or the towns with good news. And when they would come back into the town, they would herald the good news. They would say, victory is ours. We've won. We've defeated the enemy. Um, and victory has come. And so I think this idea of the gospel, of the, the announcement of good news, the announcement of victory, sort of gets us heading in the right direction with understanding uh, the gospel. So I think that's good sort of uh, language and picture uh, to have in our head as we think about uh, what is the gospel. Um, I said this morning in prayer, this is a little bit of a Tim Keller sermon, which I've uh, been listening, oh, no, I've been reading one of his books again. He's got this book called uh, Shaped by the Gospel. Um, and it's a great book. And he sort of talks a bit about um, the, the idea that the gospel um, is not everything uh, and that the gospel um, is not just a simple thing and the gospel affects everything and I think oh that's sort of quite nice it's so we we even though we're trying to narrow it down into an understanding it is this much broader thing and I put this picture up um, because the gospel is not the full story of God it's not there is this full story of God which I think I've talked to you about before creation fall redemption restoration or where did I come from what went wrong uh how can it be made right where are we going that's the gospel probably is more an understanding of focusing in on Jesus and what Jesus has done 
and Jesus' victory. So you see that's tying into what I was just saying before. So the gospel is the fact that Jesus came into this story and brought victory. And so therefore, when we think about the gospel, we we probably narrow a little bit more focus onto Jesus and what he has done and what he uh, has achieved. And that's why, um, in many ways, the gospel or Jesus is at the center of Christianity. And it's sort of the, the story sort of revolves around uh, him a bit. If we go to the next slide. Yeah. And so I think when we come to uh, the gospel and we're thinking about uh, what Jesus has done, uh, there's, uh, or, or thinking about the idea that the gospel is an announcement, and I think this is good to have in our heads, it's an announcement of something that's been done. Okay, so this is going to tie into my Christianity thing that talks about do versus done idea. That, um, so when the herald came back and announced that this, the victory had been done, the people actually didn't have to do anything more to have the victory be done. And so all they had to do was accept the news. And so when we think about what Christ did on the cross, uh, his life, death, resurrection, ascension... Uh, that's the gospel. It's been done for us. And in some ways, all we need to do, or we, all we need to do is actually accept that news. And as we accept that news, and as we uh, believe that news and put faith in that news, that then changes the way we live. But the gospel is not um, a list of things for you to do. It's not a law of all these things that you have to do or this is the way that you've, you've, you've got to live. It's, not a, it's actually an announcement of good news of this is what Christ has done and this is who you are because of what he's done. I think that's really good to keep in mind because often when people talk about Christianity and we're throwing the gospel in there, people often, people often think that Christianity is about a list of do's and don'ts. And we often by the way we live and speak, um, perpetuate that myth. And so we need to be really sort of uh, careful about uh, what the gospel is. Uh, It's the victory one. And so we just go back to uh, remembering what Jesus uh, did on the cross. When Jesus uh, came uh, and and lived on earth um, and then died on the cross and rose again, he defeated the enemy. And often we, we throw that enemy there and we probably just put it as, oh, he defeated Satan. But it's more than he defeated Satan. He defeated um, sin and the consequences of sin. And also um, he, he defeated the effects of the world, so the curse of the world. And so those victories came over um, the, the world, um, our flesh, our sin, uh, as well as the enemy and that we have freedom from them. And yes, we then ask the question, well, we've got victory, how is it that we still suffer the way we suffer? And Jesus reminded us that um, in his word, that um, from the time he sort of ascended to heaven and when he's going to come back again, that's a time and a place uh, where people can accept this gospel. Um, and I, I'm leaving a time and a space there for as many people as, as I've called to accept that gospel. This is the time. But during that time, 
there's a mopping up operation going on. So we've compared that to uh, a, a battle was won. Uh, if you think of the war analogies, often battles were won and the big sort of three-day battle was done. But then after that, it's all these little skirmishes and, and battles. That, and that's sort of still what's going on. And Satan is uh, very upset about his, vict- uh, his defeat. And so he's passionately involved in this. So even though we live in the reality of victory, it's sort of, it's there now, it's for us in that, but it's not in its fullness yet. And so that's where we live in the reality of needing the gospel every day. We need to preach the gospel and um, understand the gospel and um, delve into the gospel every day because it's still going to happen. We're still in that reality of the battle or the mopping up uh, operation until Jesus comes again. But we don't carry guilt anymore. So we have, we're free from sin. The, the, the consequences of sin were put on Jesus. So we're free. We have victory from the consequences of sin. We have uh, authority over Satan. We have victory over Satan. So we have authority over Satan through Jesus Christ. We can stand and resist him. We can um, command him to go because we have authority over him. We have a victory won in Jesus Christ and we are his now. We actually have uh, victory over this world and the effects of this world. We can actually um, bring in kingdom values in the way we live, the way we speak. We can change around uh, some of the oppression or um, breakdown in the world by the way that we now live in the victory who have, whose Christ has made us to be as a people of God that seeks to bring uh, healing, uh, restoration, justice uh, in the world as well. So you can start to see this gospel world, word is getting bigger and bigger and we're trying to sort of get our heads around it. Uh, we've got an enemy defeated. The other thing with the gospel is... Um, there's a sense that we are being saved because we recognize um, when we compare ourselves to God and the things that he's asked us in his word that we actually haven't lived that way. When this sort of becomes personal, that we uh, don't live the way that God wants us to and that we've actually turned away from God and we've been part of uh, God, uh, uh, the rebellion against God and to a certain extent we've been enemies of God. And part of Christ, or part of the good news, is that for those who believe in Jesus, you have been saved from the consequences of that. And the consequences of that is separation, is hell, is punishment. And that was put on Jesus. Jesus suffered that so that we are free from that. But to understand the gospel, to come to that um, wonder of it again, that awe of it again, often we need to do some really good heart examination and recognize our brokenness and recognize our our rebellion and recognize our selfishness. And often in that space, in that darkness that we're experiencing, the light of the gospel shines brighter and actually brings more wonder to the gospel when we recognize that in our lives. The light shines brighter. And with God, remember the words? God, why we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we can say, wow, that's the gospel? Why we were, still, why we were enemies of God, it goes to say, Christ died for you. It's a bit like, you know, that's one of those songs that we sing, that we're nailing Jesus to the cross. 
We're the ones hanging Jesus up. We're the ones mocking him. And he says, I forgive you. I love you. That's the wonder of the gospel. And we hold those two things in tension of our brokenness and our forgiveness, of our old self and the new self. And those two intention makes us, often bringing those two together, makes us go, wow, is this the God that has brought us this news? Oh, gone on to the next one. That's good. Move me on. Um, Jesus, so uh, it, it, I found this slide that says Jesus is the gospel. Um, and I probably just, made, I, put, I added the centre of the gospel. Because I think the gospel sort of is a bit broader. We've talked about that. But Jesus is at the centre of it. Um, and I think that's uh, good for us to know. Um, I want to get back onto script and bring this home a little bit. We can think about this particularly when we come to Christmas. And I put this in the church letter, but remember this. Think of the shepherds that night when an angel came to them and the angel said to the shepherds, I bring you the gospel. I bring you good news. I bring you great jo- uh, the good news of great joy. That will be for all people who believe. And, it's, and he says, today, so something has happened today, it's happened. A saviour has been born. And he is Christ the Lord. And later on the Bible says when the um, shepherds went down and, and checked it out and they went away from there telling people. They were telling people this good news. They were heralding the good news that today the Messiah, the promised one, the one who's going to bring victory, the one who's going to restore all things, he's been born. And, the, and it goes, and all who heard it were amazed. So the question I have for us this morning, are you still amazed? Or is this another Christmas <laughs> that we know the story? It's another Sunday where we've heard it before. Or you remember when the disciples were gathered together and the women came back to them and they said, we've got good news. Jesus is alive. You remember how they responded? They got up and they ran to the grave. And I could imagine when they were there, they were just beaming. Or when Jesus appeared to them, the awe and the wonder of what had just happened would have left a smile on their face and would have put a spring in their step, I'm sure. Or even the kings of the east, remember when they came? And they were so awestruck by a little baby. Why, why were these guys struck by an, a, a baby? Because they knew that this, person, this was the king. And there's some sort of supernatural revelation to them that this guy was going to be the saviour of the world. So those of us who have often heard it, how do we rediscover it? Or those of us who might be hearing it for the first time, how do we see it as good news rather than something that's just oppressing my lifestyle? How do we keep the wonder of the gospel, the wonder of who God is and what he's done? And that's why I got... Um, who read? Dagma. Sorry, went blank. Dagma to read Ephesians 2. And I... 
when I thought about this, there was two uh, sort of two passages that came to me. And I think when I read these passages, I get the sense that Paul is almost uncontrolled in his blurting out of what this gospel is. And, and as, as he reads it, and sometimes it's hard for us to read it because we sort of know it and we're just trying to read it as well. But he just goes through it again. If you've got it there, I'll just... As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live and you followed the ways of this world and you followed the ways of the kingdom of the air, the, the one um, who is in the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is at work. You were disobedient and all of us lived that way, gratifying the, the cravings of our sinful nature, following its desires, its thoughts. And like the rest of us, we were objects of wrath. <laughs> and then there's the, the next two, two words are the two best words in the Bible. It's but God. And that's, that's, that's the gospel, isn't it? <laughs> that, that's our reality, what I just read. And then there's but God. And so what does it say of him? But his great love for us, a God who is rich in mercy, has made us alive with Christ when we were dead in our transgressions. And it is by grace that you have been saved, that God um, has raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ. This blows me away. This basically says that my position, my identity, is one who sits next to Jesus in heaven at the moment, enjoying the fullness of what it means to be a child of God. Every spiritual blessing, every uh, abundant love from my Father is flowed out on me. There is nothing that separates me from him. And what does he say here? And he says, this is by nothing what you've done, it's a free gift to you. This is good news. This is great news. This is fantastic news. This is awesome news that there's nothing that I have done, can do, that can make God love me more or less. And that I have a new identity in Christ in the victory that he has won. For we, and this, this, you know, he fits it back into that big story again. For we, as God's workmanship, we've been created in his image to do the good things that he's asked us to do. And I think Andrew's probably going to pick up more of that next week. How do we live out the gospel? This week we're sort of focusing on what, what is the gospel? This is it, that we were saved and we have a new identity, that we are now in the family of God. and We have every spiritual blessing that comes our way. The other passage that I have uh, often reflected on, oh, this is not a passage. Well, it started off as a passage and then it ended up in however many chapters of Romans. For me, uh, discovering the book of Romans again and Paul sort of writing this out again. And he says there again in Romans chapter 3, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in the sight of God by observing the law. Rather, we be, through the law we become conscious of sin. And then there's another one but God, or this one it says, but there is a righteousness from God. That idea of righteousness means we're right with. So everyone has everyone fallen short. Everyone is deserving God's wrath or punishment. But now <laughs> there's a way to be right with God. And that comes through Christ and his victory, who he was, that he was from the Father, sent to the earth, lived amongst us, died in our place, uh, rose from the dead, giving victory over sin, Satan, and the world, ascended into heaven, sent us his spirit so that while we're in that mopping up stage, others 
We can share the gospel, we can share hope, we can share joy, we can share peace, so that when he comes back again, all things will be restored. That is a wonderful message. Uh, And then as we read, as we flick through um, Romans chapter 5, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. And through him we have gained access by faith to his grace, which is now where we stand. So we can rejoice in the hope that we have, the glory of God. Not only so, um, so, but even as we rejoice in our sufferings. This good news gives us a different perspective on how to deal with our sufferings. How to deal with the hardship. How to deal with things that don't uh, go according to our plan. And so because of this good news, he goes in Romans 6 and he says, so what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning and just take this grace? But no, we now live by the Spirit that God has given us and we keep in step with the Spirit. And if you flick over, he sort of talks about this battle between sin and the good news and our old self and our new self. And then he gets over into Romans 8 and he reminds us again of the gospel and he says, therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. And then it goes on and he talks about now we have this new identity as children of God so that we can call the creator of the universe our dad, or as Keller says, daddy. That's the gospel. That's good news. And then it keeps on going. And so he says then, so what shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, shall persecution, shall uh, hardship, famine, nakedness, danger, anything? And then he says, no, my favorite verse is me sort of in wonder and awe of the gospel. No, in all things, we are more than conquerors. (laughs) So Christ's victory is now my victory through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is fantastic news. That the gospel reminds me that God doesn't love me because of what I do. He loves me because of who I am in Christ. And he says that this gospel is for anyone who would believe. You just have to receive it. You don't have to do anything. You just have to believe it's true. And it's yours. That's good news. I was thinking about it in, um, in terms of uh, understanding it in the justice side of things. We have this debt that we have to pay to God because we haven't lived that way. And then someone comes and pays that for us. It's just, you know, think of someone paying your speeding fine or, you know, upping the ante that I'm supposed to get the consequences for murder or adultery or whatever. And then someone comes and pays that for me. How do you think I walk out of that? courtroom how would I walk out of that courtroom I think I'd walk out with a smile on my face and a spring in my step and there's something about rediscovering this gospel again and I was thinking about it how do we do this and I thought to myself I just went back through my life and I thought where is this good news where have I experienced this as good news how have I experienced it as good news And I first, it came to me as good news. 
And I think I've shared it many times before that when I was 13, 14 or 15, I lived a very fearful life, uh, fear of evil, basically, um, under my doona. <laughs> That's where I became a Christian. Um, and it was really good news that Jesus had power over evil. And that I, I didn't need to fear, or and that he had victory, and that I could actually confront evil under my doona with Jesus. It was really good news because in, in that, that period of my life, teenage life, I, I saw how sinful I was. And I, I did stuff that I should, you know, God would, was so against God. And I did it week in, week out for years and years and years. And it was really good news that Jesus said, I forgive it. I don't hold it against you anymore. It was really good news that he said, I've, I've forgotten about it. I now see you as my perfect son. And that's why I've got to keep preaching this to myself. I remember crying tears of joy. I, I, when I get emotional, I often get emotional around joy and awesomeness. It was really good news when I discovered that God loved me despite what I do. It wasn't about how good. It wasn't about whether I failed or succeeded. It wasn't about um, looking successful in other That God loved me because in Jesus I'm his son and that I had a new identity and nothing could change that. I've got in brackets. I was smiling when I typed that. <laughs> that line, I was typing that line, I was just, that's good. It was really good news to know that God's in control of all things. When I saw things in the world or in my life or in my family's life not going to plan and not having answers for it, I, I could not see how God was at work in it. But it was really good news to know that God was in control of it and he was working things for his good. I think it experienced that again this, this week when I found out about dad and his cancer and what the journey's going to be and I'm not looking forward to it. But it's really good news that God's in control of that. He's over and above it and he can grant healing. He can do powerful, magnificent things. And he can give people strength and courage. To I was talking to Rob Vanderzag who was telling me about Casey's journey through cancer. He said there was just so many times that Jesus just radiated out of this guy. The gospel in the midst of suffering and pain. It was really good news that I don't have to do this walk with Jesus by myself. That he gives people like you to me. He gives people like you to each other. He gives the church. He gives a body. It's really good news that Jesus has created us be in unity as a body to walk this journey it's really good news that one day that jesus is coming back again and he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth we're going to live with him in perfection where there's no more suffering no more pain no more death that's good news and it, uh, joel and i were talking in the office when we said this is as you go through the bible and as you go through life the gospel often is revealed to people in a vast array of different ways and different... There's hardly ever the same 
if you read through the Bible and if you look around, it hardly ever comes. To, it's the same message, but it comes in a variety of different forms and places and times and spaces. And so it's a vast thing, like it affects everything. It speaks into every situation. Uh, last slide. Oh, that is the last slide, is it? No, this one. Oh, you're not going to be able to read it. I'll read it for you. Just did the dictionary things of awe. A feeling of reverential respect. This is awe. Mixed fear and wonder. And then wonder, a feeling of amazement and adoration caused by something beautiful, remarkable and unfamiliar. I think just, just dwelling on some of those words again for me and I flicked between Wales and the gospel and then being able to share the gospel and seeing the effect the gospel had on other people. And I was in awe. I'm really looking forward to Christmas this year. So my homework for you this week is to find a space and a place where you can write down why the gospel is good news to you. Just look back through your life. Maybe it's close or just write it down as a way of just being in awe and wonder of the things that God has done for us in Christ. And then I want you to share it with your family or in your life group or in your grow group or maybe your neighbour or friend, whatever. Because it's those two things together. It's that discovering of it and, and then there's something that just magnifies it when you share it with someone else. It might just be your family, your kids, your wife, your husband or... So find a space, that's your homework, find a space, write down why the gospel is good news, why Jesus is good news, why Christmas is good news, whatever you want to, and then share it with someone else. Let's pray. Lord and God, Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for the gospel, that we have victory in Christ and you have announced it to us, that we have your word that has it so clearly articulated what you have done for us that while we were still sinners, you died for us, that while we were your enemies, uh, you saved us. We thank you that we have victory over this world, over sin in the flesh, over Satan and his demons. And so, Lord, as we come to Christmas again this year, will you open our, up our eyes and our hearts to the wonder of the gospel? And this week, Lord, as we as a people write down what that is, as we share it with others, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would come upon us with power, that you would open up our eyes and our hearts to see. And Lord, I really pray that you would move in us as a church and just move us to feel it, uh, to have that emotional response uh, to the awe and wonder of the good news of Jesus. Lord, move and stir amongst us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing a song. And this song is called... Uh, oh, I don't even know what it's called. Build What's it called, Joel? Build My Life. Build My Life. And I, we sang it last week. And I think we've sang it a few times recently. But it, it just tapped into... I actually thought of it last week as a... Um, 
And it's one of those songs that flicks between the we and me. So it's one of those songs that we sing together. The first part of it sort of sings we together. We, we, we're going to praise God together for the gospel. But then uh, later on, I don't know whether it's a chorus, bridge, whatever that thing is. Um, and then it, starts, it says to show me, to show me who you are, to fill my heart. And that's sort of the two things that happen, that the victory of Christ is ours personally, but it's also collectively, and it has an impact uh, in the world through that. So allow this song to be praise and prayer and reflection on the wonder of the gospel. Let's sing.